This is Daizen X, the podcast, episode 107 for the week of December 16th, 2007. Welcome to Daizen X, the podcast, the one and only Dragon Ball podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Daizen X. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening a little bits of the entertaining. What's going on, folks? Yo, my hey. brother. Hey. I am actually not going to waste any time. We have a full episode. Let us proceed with the introductions. Over here with the top billing to my less than proverbial right, this is the woman, Mary. Hello. What's going on? I'm doing good. Fantastic. I am uh, happy it's the weekend. Well, it's the weekend time. It's Friday night and stuff. Mm-hmm. And here we are together sharing this Friday night and in Julian's case, Saturday morning. That is yes. correct. And there's a guy named Julian who you've very cleverly uh, segued. Segued. That's the word I'm looking for. Julian, how are you doing? Yes. Well, I'm not doing too bad. It's Saturday morning here, and I'm, I don't know, I don't really have any plans for the day, but I'll figure something out, I guess. Oh, nice. You are over in Japan, and it's a fantastic place to be. That's not a bad place to be. Nice. So we got Mary over here in New Jersey with me, and we got Julian over in Japan, and I guess that does leave me. I am Mike, I am Vegito EX, and I too am here in New Jersey, and we come to you through the magic of the internet. We're here to talk about Dragon Ball. Normally we do some housekeeping stuff and say our hellos and what's going on. This episode is so full that I can't afford to waste the editing time, so we are going to do a couple things tonight. We got your news, we got your topic. I don't really think we have releases. We got some emails. We actually have a top five list tonight. Woo! Yes. Hey. Fun times. Uh, the news is so abundant and extraordinary in nature that we'll probably spend the majority of time on that. It may as well be the topic. <laughs> it, it would, but I don't want to feel cheap. So I have a topic okay. as well. And it's a fun nice. a little like reminiscence of a topic or something like that. So, uh, Mary. Yes, sir. Would you like to get into the news? I would adore so. Julian, would you like to get into the news? Well, as they say, when it rains, it pours. So I suppose we ought to get on with it before we drown, huh? <laughs> Let's hit the news. We are cruising all over the entire planet of Earth here with our news. We're going to Europe. We're going to Japan. We're going to the U.S. I think we're going to hit India on the way. Little journey to the West. I love that, in man. There. <laughs> Should I? We're going to pick up some scrolls. and. <clears throat> anyway, so we're going to go to Germany first on our trip around the world. Our good buddy Timo wrote in with all sorts of... I guess interesting news. Julian, you like to make fun of the, uh, we call it the animanga. Yes, that's correct. It's redundantly redundant. Haha, that evenly, is. Wait, evenly? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Julian, why don't you read what Timo wrote to us? What's going on over in Germany? Okay. Carlson Comics, the company who also released the Dragon Ball manga and the movie animanga here, announced that they will release the TV animanga. Righto, the redundantly redundant thing. Hey, cool, thanks. <laughs> anyway, Carlson has a little section about it at their site. Cover art is now available as well. Yeah, we got that the, up on the homepage. First three volumes have cover art there. Their Saiyajin Saga will be released in five volumes in paperback format. Funny, on this section, they also give some old information about the upcoming live-action crap. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing is the Dragon Ball Cardos trading card game. 
I believe it's been released here since July. How about that? Anyway, the artwork and layout is almost the same as the French release. The rules are the Japanese ones. So far, two editions have been released, and the third one is on its way. Nice! So, so Germany's getting some stuff over there. How do we all feel about. about them getting the Animanga? They must think there's a market for it. Why else would they put it out? Julian, I leave this up to you. Give us your thoughts. I don't know. I, that's pretty cool for <laughs> Germany. I mean, I don't speak a whole lot of German, so... <laughs> Regardless, you know. it's cool. You know, Germany's always had Dragon Ball, it seems like. It's been pretty big there. Uh, they've been slow in getting a couple things, like GT getting on the air. It is uh, nice to see that they're still getting some products. You now, Germany's getting this Animanga. Maybe we'll see it over here eventually. I mean, and again, Viz and Funimation and contracts and all that stuff. Who knows? Let's move onwards. We're going to come back over to the U.S. for a bit. Our good old podcast media hosting service guy, dude, God of Chaos, he's actually got a website, and he puts up news and stuff, and he got a little bit of information. Now, he has never let us wrong, so we are going to report what he is reporting and get some scoops on people here. He's letting us know that on May 27th, Dragon Ball Z Movies 1 and 2 will be coming out as a double feature Blu-ray as well as a standard DVD, and this indeed will be remastered. In addition to that, there is going to be a Dragon Ball GT Season 1 set on June 10th. Now, we don't know anything else about that. And Dragon Ball Z Season 5, the remastered, you know, typical TV seasons, coming back out on that 27th. Let's talk about this stuff here. Wow, how do you get these? scoops because he is god of chaos and he is he reigns over chaos that is absolutely wow. correct so let's ignore the movie stuff for a second let's talk about this dragon ball gt season one set this doesn't really add up to me now they just recently had a lost episodes box set that came out on november 13th and what that contains is i guess you would say the real first season, like episodes 1 through 16, which, you know, they initially skipped to do the more action and stuff, and whatever. But there's also a box set, I guess, of what you would call Funimations Season 1, which was their volumes 1 through 5, which really picks up with episode 17 and goes onwards from there. Anyways, that came out in October 2005. So if there's a new Dragon Ball GT, quote-unquote, Season 1 remastered, what do you think? This wouldn't mm. be the first time they've immediately put out uh, some product pretty closely know, after releasing something. November! It just came out. That was last month. Luckily, if this does come out, it's not like they're preempting another series of releases like they did with the Ultimate Uncut. I, I don't even know what to say about this. Is, I guess there's not enough info yet. No, that, that's all there is. Just Dragon Ball GT Season 1 doesn't say anything about Remastered. Now that you've finished buying the series, buy it again. Exactly. That's only like a half year span between the same episodes, I would assume. But we that, don't know Oh, uh, I don't know. Well, let's take it back over to that Movies 1 and 2 thing going on. We know we're getting a Bardock slash Trunks. I, I could stop it there, and that would be equally amusing. But I should say a Bardock and <laughs> Trunks <laughs> TV special it. double. Yeah, see what I did there? Yeah. Double feature. That's going to be coming out, apparently in a tin case. So whoopee. That's coming out on standard DVD. It doesn't seem like it's the last double feature. We had movies 8 and 10 on Blu-ray. Apparently did somewhat well. We got this Bardock Trunks coming out. Movies 1 and 2 coming out. This time both Blu-ray and standard DVD. Now, let's move away from God of Chaos for a little bit. Let's 
Let's talk about the New York Anime Festival, which took place last weekend. We were naughty. It's practically in our backyard. And we I know. We didn't go. go. I was busy. I had stuff going on. No, I'm a busy guy. I oh, got yes. places oh, to be, yes. people to do. All that good stuff. Exactly. Let's talk about Funimation's panel there. Uh, the website ToonZone covered it. Let me read a little quote over there from ToonZone. Funimation was one of the few anime companies at the New York Anime Festival that is releasing high-definition material on Blu-ray DVD. Sheehan, the last name of the guy there, started with the Dragon Ball Z blur too many Bs, Dragon Ball Z Broly on Blu-ray. Yeah, you say that five times fast. Broly on Blu-ray. Broly on I, I don't actually need you to Blu-ray say Blu-ray Broly. Wait, what? <laughs> Which puts two Broly features on one disc. Sheehan then asked the rhetorical question of, why buy a Blu-ray? A d- I, there's too many Bs here. <laughs> this is impossible. Did he really say this? Because I don't believe that he did. Why buy a Blu-ray edition of a 20-year-old show? And answered himself by saying that the show looked beyond pure, like a cell animation framed on my TV. However, during the Q&A, Sheehan said that they had no plans for more Blu-ray or HD DVD at this time, but that they were satisfied with their results for Dragon Ball Z. He also said that they were settled on the Blu-ray format for now. What this really means to me is that, you know, you got the PR guy going out there, you got the brand manager going out there. They either don't know what's coming on down the line, or have been told we're not ready to announce this Yet, we saw this happen constantly with Funimation. Think back to that Vegeta Saga Season 1 box set. The quotes were, we're not ready to release more information at this time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got this guy out there talking about it. He can't really say what's going on. Maybe Funimation is going to put this out, and they just don't want people to know yet. Happens all the time. Thoughts? Movies 1 and 2, we're, we are going to see this remastered material from the movies? My thoughts are we have the movie Dragon Box, and I'm salivating, you know, just looking at the box up there on her shelf. I could care less about anything that comes out here, but I guess again, I mean, the cropping is well, actually no, no, now we're talking no, about the, movies, the movies. Yeah, the movies are a trickier situation. Right, the movies so, were animated 4x3 yeah. but cropped for a theatrical presentation. They were always okay. meant to be seen so slightly, cropped. Okay, so I, I guess mean, that's acceptable. I guess that's cool then. I will give that a thumbs up. I mean, not that I've seen it or anything. In terms of desirability. Well, we need to get it. Is this like a running joke on the podcast? Oh, no, no, and no, even no, the no, 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 people no, no, have no. picked up on this. The number of times that I've purchased DBZ Movie 1. Let's, no. Yes, we're going to go down the list. One, fans up. Two, Funimation Pioneer dub VHS. Three, Funimation Pioneer sub VHS. Four, Funimation Pioneer DVD. Five, Funimation Ultimate Uncut DVD. Six, then again in the Funimation First Strike box set. Seven, Dragon Box. Eight, German. What I'm missing in there is the uh, Funimation Pioneer Laserdisc. I guess I also need, you know, the 35mm Master. <laughs> yeah, send it here over to New Jersey. <laughs> send it here, exactly. So, you know what? I will pick it up. Oh, I won't God. get the Blu-ray right away because, you know, I don't have a Blu-ray player. But regardless, we'll pick it up and we'll talk about that. That's supposedly May 27th. So we've talked about that in season five. You know, we stopped at season two. And I only got season two because I got in on that Best Buy when it was $9 by a price mistake. So I kind of stopped after that. I'm not picking up anything else. So I think that's the Toon Zone coverage of the panel. I'm looking in here. The only other information is that Funimation's considering putting up Dragon Ball Z on iTunes. We've actually talked about this in the past where we're like, all right, if they're going to put it up on iTunes, they now have their own two distinct simultaneous dubs. They have their 
you know, quasi redone, relined broadcast version, and they're quasi redone, relined with the Japanese music. Although I don't know if the TV broadcast actually has any changes, but maybe it does because they replace like some of those fire season three people. Funimation has like five or six dubs they're juggling at any given time. So if they do put it up on iTunes, I would love to see which version they actually end up putting up there. I think that's it for the Toon Zone coverage. Nothing we don't already know. Uh, season four. We talked about the Bardock Trunks in the Tin, and DBZ is the number one seller of the year for Funimation. We know all that. Let's move away from Funimation. We always have live-action movie news. Julian, tell me, what begins in January? Does the magic begin? Um, sort of, I guess. Well, uh, according to the press, or not the press release, but I guess news from... certain sources, the shooting for the new live-action movie occurs, or not occurs, but begins next month in Mexico. Shall I read the news thing? Yeah, this is from the site IESB.net who seems to be pretty reliable. They're the ones that put up the uh, the flyers for the casting call and everything. They seem to have gotten an email from a source down there in Mexico. So, uh, yeah, take it away. All right. Now, this news release says, DBZ is just weeks away before director James Wong yells action in Durango, Mexico. Our socio, buddy-slash-partner that goes by the codename El Cabron de Durango, sends us this tidbit. Buenas, Roberto. I just wanted to tell your readers that director James Wong, Dragon Ball Z, will officially go into production starting January 7th in my town of Durango, Mexico. Mexico, I don't know. Anyway, this is a pretty big production, and there are actually four large movie sets that are built throughout the city. We are very excited that 20th Century Fox had chosen our city to shoot this movie. Susana Elosegui Cross, the director of tourism and film, said the news this week. Sorry my English is not perfect. I will send más información pronto. Gracias, el cabrón de Durango. As a Latino, I am happy to see Hollywood has decided to go south of the border instead of north on this production. Our Mexican neighbors to the south are very hardworking and have a great crew. Remember Titanic? That was shot in Baja, California. And now that the U.S. dollar has absolutely no value in Canada, this is no surprise. <laughs> Plus, the food is a whole lot better. <laughs> All right, I think we can end it the there. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, it's funny. So uh, uh, a little extra commentary there from the website. Uh, I guess it's news, you know, it's going to start. At this point, we can't ignore it anymore and pretend it's not happening. It's happening, my uh, friend. I know, I know. All right, we're going to move. I guess that wasn't even really the U.S., that was Mexico. So we've been to Germany. We've been back over to the U.S. We went to Mexico. We're coming back over to the U.S., but I guess it kind of involves France, because that's where Infogrames is hosted or based, and then you got the Atari thing. Breaking news this week, Atari versus Funimation. It has been settled. The dispute is over. <laughs> They made up, Aww. they made out, and they went home. It's all I was done. for a cat fight. Yeah. So let's talk about this. This is probably the biggest thing of the week. Maybe. I don't know. We're only like one-eighth of the way through the news. No. <laughs> There's only a couple more stories. This is a big one, though. So a press release came out from Atari earlier this week. So, Mary, why don't you read for us a little bit of the press release from Atari? All righty. 
Atari Inc. on the Nasdaq ATAR, an interactive entertainment company, announced today that it has settled its previously reported dispute with Funimation Productions Limited with respect to an audit of amounts due to Funimation under certain sublicense agreements and other matters. Under the terms of the settlement, Atari Inc. paid to Funimation $3.5 million, comprised of a cash payment of approximately $2.7 million and a reduction of $0.8 million in the amount of the recoupable royalty advance made to Funimation. Atari Inc. originally paid Funimation $10 million in January 2004 to secure the exclusive interactive U.S. rights for the Dragon Ball Z franchise through January 2010, as previously disclosed in our quarterly report on Form 10-Q. For the quarter ended September 30, 2007, the company reserved the settlement as of September 30, 2007. Quote, With this dispute behind Atari Inc., we look forward to continuing our relationship with Funimation and continuing to deliver to our consumers exciting products from the Dragon Ball Z franchise, end quote, said Curtis G. Slavig III, Chief Restructuring <laughs> Officer of Atari, Inc. Ooh, restructuring. Mm, that's an interesting title. <laughs> restructuring <laughs> Officer. They need a person just for that. Slavig, huh? Third. <laughs> All right, so we have a lot of information in here. I want to laugh over one line. We look forward to working with Funimation <laughs> and continuing our relationship. They probably do, because Dragon Ball Z is the only thing they make any amount of money off of. All right, let's go through the information. Basically, they paid $3.5 million. From what I understand, it seems to be Funimation went through you know, a bit of auditing, discovered that Atari hadn't paid them a certain amount. You know, Atari hasn't been making money. They're redoing their annual reports. They're restructuring. And they said, hey, pay up or we're taking the license back. So Atari paid up. Everyone's on good terms now. More information we got here is that they originally paid Funimation $10 million back in January 04, and now that they've paid it off, they still have that license through January 2010. Two more years, baby! <laughs> Alright, so Atari's latest 8K filing has a bit more information, and there they you know, they link over to the press release, but they talk about some other stuff. Uh, apparently, the date that they received the letter from Funimation was October 18th, so you know, it's been a month and a half that this has been going on. It seems to have settled it. I actually think that's pretty quick for uh, a resolution here. Also, um, you know, when we were first talking about this, I guess there were two contracts that Funimation said Atari was, you know, in breach of. Apparently, Yu Yu Hakusho is another property and another license that they were requiring payment on. Uh, huh. Nothing to the tune of what they gave for Dragon Ball Z. Only uh, $338,000 for Yu Yu Hakusho that they owed. I'm trying to think of how many games have they done for Yu Yu. I think they did um, the PS2 game and also a Game Boy Advance game. And I'm pretty sure the PS2 game was DIMPS developed, so that wasn't even something developed in-house. But regardless, there's money flying all over the place. It seems to have uh, taken care of itself. Uh, I guess the last bit of information from the AK filing, uh, it doesn't really relate to Dragon Ball, but Atari's getting some more credit to cover things. And basically, one of the agreements with that credit arrangement was, yes, we've paid off Funimation. No, we don't think we're in breach of anything anymore. To the best of our knowledge, we're going to have a lovely relationship. And yes, please give us money so we can dig ourselves out of this hole. Oh, and uh, as far as I know, that's it uh, for Atari as it relates to Dragon Ball. The one thing that I feel is missing here, last time we talked about them, back on uh, November 19th, we put up this update. There was something about minimum advertising commitment shortfalls. This wasn't mentioned at 
all in any of these filings or press release. So I'm really curious about this. I actually tried to get in touch with Atari and I haven't gotten anything back. So I'm going to take that for now as no comment. But hopefully, you know, next week, it's the holiday season. Maybe someone will get back to me. This, this just didn't pop up and it stuck out to me and I want more information on it. The other Atari thing that we'll talk about very briefly, we're not going to read this whole thing, is uh, they're doing more restructuring. I've actually been listening to old podcast episodes again, preparing for our end of the year show. You know, I go back and I listen to all the news segments and I heard the first time that they went through their restructuring or they fired 20% of their workforce. They're doing it again. They're restructuring even more. They're laying off even more people. Uh, they're selling all sorts of rights back to infogrames and getting some other stuff. I, you know, like they paid off Funimation. How much longer can Atari last? I think I just quit while you're ahead and they're not even ahead. I know. There's, I, they're just going to try and use up as much money as they can. It's not really their money anymore. It's all credit. So who the hell knows? That's really all I have to say about Atari for now. I mean, they're one of our biggest news sources in addition to this live action movie. We have not heard the end of them, although I anticipate the end of them relatively mm. soon. So let's move away from Atari slightly. Let's talk about Budokai Tenkaichi 3. It has finally been reviewed over on the website IGN, and a uh, guy Boson reviewed it. I like Boson. He's a cool guy. He's, uh, he, he thinks he's funny, but... Just like you. Yeah, but I actually think he is every once in a while. Regardless, <laughs> I really enjoyed this review because I felt like I was reading something that I wrote. So it's no different for people that listen to reviews so they can have their purchase their purchases validated. You read other people's reviews to make sure your opinion has been validated. <laughs> I actually feel like I don't need to validate anything because I, I've been doing this for so long. Like, I know how I feel. I'm not 14. I can actually afford more than one game. So when I'm playing a game, if it actually sucks, I can be like, ah, oh, well, I guess I'll go play something else. Not me. I throw a hissy fit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Damn, my money went down the toilet. This is funny. Right next to their score of 8.0 is the reader average of 9.3. <laughs> yeah, that's realistic. <laughs> the press average Bad. is 7.3. That's a bit more accurate. I, I think this 8.0 is very accurate. Everything that Boson said in here, it just rang true like it was a reiteration of everything Mary, you and I said in our final thoughts of the game last week. You mentioned you know, the disc fusion system. You know, it's great that you can combine the old game, so to speak, but it's just a series of fights. It could have easily just have been in there. Uh, online is pretty much impossible to do. It's pretty much just more characters and a couple new gameplay features. There will just be another game next year, so whatever. So, I don't know. I thought it was a fantastic review. I thought he hit everything. And I think it was uh, right on the money. So you can check that out. I think that's about it for the news. I can't think of any other important information that came out this week and we got a topic to do and we got some emails and you know I don't really like making Julian look at any Japanese stuff that's a pain in the ass we don't really need him oh so, Mike no 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 oh oh no we gotta do it we can't ignore this this is big shit right here Julian yes Dragon Ball Z burst limit for the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. We got Japanese scans. We got Japanese announcements. Get to work, buddy. Looks like it's coming out in 2008. It's got some awesome visual, awesome stuff, which it's... <laughs> I love Japanese. Uh, <laughs> which it's unfortunately labeling by the acronym 
BL. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently you're getting some Dragon Ball Yaoi in this too. Um, anyway, let's see what I can read. It's kind of blurry. It's coming out in 2008. It's a fighting game, PS3 and 360. There's not much else set at this point, it looks like. I actually had Rachel take a look at this the other day, and she was saying that it says there'll be more info in February's V-Jump. So this is kind of like preliminary stuff. Yeah, I mean, it looks like from the initial stuff, they're mostly hyping the graphics. Mm -hmm. It looks like, at least at first, they're hyping the graphics as well as what they're calling drama pieces, which... I'm guessing it's probably in-game cutscenes oh that are maybe rendered. more cutscenes telling us <laughs> the know. show that we've seen a lot. Mary, can you please contain your excitement? Oh, this oh, is getting oh, a little but ridiculous. Fryza is in this game. Don't <laughs> they, you know how much I love him? That's what I wanted to hint at. Um, people on the forum notice this right away. Japanese-made game. Screenshots here. It says Goku and Fryza. We don't have Fuck some you, Japan. Goku. And we got fried. Get your head out of your asses. <laughs> We've been seeing this a lot with the latest games. The only conclusion we can draw is like they're going to Funimation.com. We do not know how to write things with English letters. Let us go find what American companies say his name. And they write Fryza. And I get really sad. I mean, on the one hand, it'll be really easy for when they localize it. And they won't even need to change that shit. Atari can spend even less money That's on this right. game. It was, you know, <laughs> a good way to save them a couple of pennies. Julian, pick at the text here. Is there anything else of interest? I mean, it really does seem like, hey, uh -huh. it's coming and we'll tell you more about it later. Yeah, I mean, it's got what it's calling the battle limit thing. Like I said, the unfortunate BL abbreviation. Right. And, I mean, other than that, it looks like it's just all about, you know, prepping it for a new generation and able to carry your battles various places. I don't know. That seems to be the main thing they're hyping up right now. <laughs> so they're telling you it's a fighting game. And, oh, by the way, you, you fight each other and you fight on stages. And it is glorious from the show. And you can't wait to play it. Is that the Basically, general gist of it here? <laughs> that's the gist of it. And it's on the next generation. Ooh. Fantastic. So we okay, are, there's a sequel to Unlimited Adventure coming out. Uh, uh, sorry, that's one. Yeah, thing. there is. I think <laughs> the first game's actually finally coming out here, too. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about this game. Not much else about it right now. It looks like it's a fighting game. I've seen a, a lot of posts places where they're like, oh my god, it's Budokai 4, or it's Tenkaichi 4. Like, uh, w where did you ever get this indication? As far as I can tell, this is a whole new series. Can you see me? Can you see me banging my head yes. against... Against the, the metaphorical wall. Yes. <laughs> All it says is it's a fighting game that's coming from uh, Namco Bandai or Bandai Namco. There's no additional developer named anywhere in here. Doesn't mean there isn't one, but they usually list it on well, here. Well, this is a very small. But we'd at least see it down in the box here or something. Like, it doesn't say Spike. It doesn't say Dimps. So, who knows? Maybe they're developing it in-house for the first time and quite some time. So Dragon Ball Z Burst Limit, this appears to be the Japanese title of a Japanese-made game coming out in 2008. When do you think we'll see it? The same week in October that we've had yeah, these other games? a year from now. Maybe. I don't Looks know. Looks like there's a playable version at Jump Festa this coming Ooh. weekend. Ooh, interesting. Maybe we'll see a lot more uh, pictures and maybe even some gameplay footage. I Where's am... Greg? Is he going to be there? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Where are you going to be? Why can't you go? I'm going to Tokyo the next weekend, okay? Ah, Jeez. damn it. <laughs> I am really looking forward to, if this is a whole new series, you know, new series, you start out with a new batch of characters. There's not going to be 160 characters in this game. Can you imagine the shit fits that will proceed from there? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm 
sorry, Mary. I'm making you, like, devastated. You're... These games actually are kind of making me hate the series. Aww. Like, video games make me not that. love Dragon Ball anymore. The thing that <gasps> is interesting to me is they announced this so soon after the last game came out. Too soon! Too I, soon! I have to imagine that this has been in production, you know, since before that came out at a separate developer, so maybe this isn't just, you know, October to October. Maybe they'll have some extra time to you know, really prep it and get things good in here. That's all we know about it so far, so We'll, of course, give you more information as we get more information on Dragon Ball Z Burst Limit for the 360 and PS3. Mary, I was saying this is going to be the first time since Budokai 3 Dragon Ball Z 3 that I can't import the Japanese version. I I am devastated. I'm even less excited. The only chance I'll have is I was looking uh, over on PlayAsia for 360 games that are region-free. There actually are quite a few games that are region-free, and it looks like a lot of the Asian versions, not the Japanese, like mainland Asian versions, are region-free. And those typically have the Japanese voices and all that stuff in there. So there's a possibility that I'll eventually be able to get a Japanese version. Although if it doesn't have the music from the TV series, maybe we'll get the new music anyways. I don't know. That's the end of the news. We're going over to the topic. Our topic this week is semi-character related, but we're actually going to focus on this character's voice as opposed to the character himself. I would like to introduce our character here. Character, would you like to come say hello? have three voices for this character. Scratch that. We have four voices for this character. I think needless to say for this show, we are talking about the Japanese cast here. So well, I mean, that could apply to the English version. Too. Yeah, it actually could. <laughs> so, but I'll say we're talking about the Japanese version here. We'll maybe touch upon the English voices in some capacity. Because it's almost the same situation, like multiple voices for this one guy, so... Mm-hmm. If we really wanted to go the extra mile, we were all them up for the We're semi going to touch about them in relation to how they're played in Japanese. So I know Julian has some thoughts and he briefly mentioned them to me and I was like, oh my God, I think the same thing. So let's start at the beginning. Julian, introduce, unfortunately, our now deceased first voice for Kame Senin. Yes, Kohei Miyauchi, born in August 1929 and deceased as of June 2nd, 1995. Right as Z uh, was ending on TV, 95-ish right. time. So he voiced Kame Senin right up until Into the Buu Saga of Dragon Ball Z. And um, he had had another a number of um, other roles in various uh, anime, although sadly not ones that I'm very familiar with. Yeah, I'm looking down the list here, and it's a lot of, you know, big shows from, especially the 80s here, but none of the characters in particular are, like in uh, Sailor Moon, Fortune Teller, Episode 2. <laughs> so it looks like he did a lot of uh, side characters in these kind of shows. Yeah. So maybe Kami looks like, was like his shining role. Yeah, it looks like he was mostly active during the 70s and 80s, looks like. Right. Well, of course, because <laughs> he died soon after then. <laughs> True. 
But yeah, I mean, it looks like for the time that he was active, he had a fair amount of roles. Definitely. Let's talk about his voice and the way he played the character. He pretty much is the character. He played it for the longest amount of time from the very beginning, almost up until the very end as it was on TV. Who would like to start on his performance? He is the quintessential dirty old man voice. He he really is, because he is an old man. Yes. It's something... Hopefully he's not dirty in real life, but he plays a good dirty old man. <laughs> he's dirty now, because he's in the ground. No. <laughs> well, he's... Oh. Well, no, he's ashes. Oh, that's true. They're probably bring him in. Because it's Japan. There's no space to bury people. Yeah. <laughs> Mary, you, you like that he's actually an old man. Yes. And it's... he sounds like an old man. Mm-hmm. Ah, so, so. It seems pretty, well, I can't say rare because I don't know for sure what the standard is for Seiyu in Japan playing, Mm -hmm. like, you know, their own ages, but it's not forced. No. You know, the people that came after him actually aren't that much younger than him, only by a couple of years, but he just has this tone to him. He's got that wise beyond his years, even though he actually is that old. Like, he really plays it that well. I was listening to a couple scenes of him, and he just goes from wacky, crazy, off the wall to totally serious, just like that. He pulls it off really well. Julian, why don't you tell me a little bit about your thoughts on him? Well, I think he does a really good job, as you said, of pulling off the dichotomy between the spastic, goofy, dirty old man and the very serious, wise, elder person. And he does it with a kind of way that doesn't... It, you know it's the same character in spite of these weird going back and forth between two extremes. Yeah, totally. And just basically the way that he manages to have this very gruff sort of wisdom. At the same time, in the next, he's laughing and goofy and crazy. He's got, like, these distinctive sounds to him that he makes, almost like Cell, except he's just an old man. He's got a lot of those, like, agreement tones that he makes, which are really interesting. And then he's got that that laugh to him that I almost feel Ryuk kind of um, summons a little bit there. He's got that, like, thing going on. I actually don't know what else to say about him, because it's one of those situations where I love him so much and there's so much good stuff. I don't know to say about the good. I'm very good at saying things about bad stuff. What else can we possibly say about him? He really is the character to me. He just seems very natural in his role. And definitely. He, he definitely. seems like he's having a lot of fun. Yeah. Especially, like you said, I mean, he, he's so talented at switching from, you know, wacky, crazy guy to, wait, I'm serious now. Mm-hmm. For an old guy, he's good at doing attacks and stuff and yelling. And- yeah, yeah, that's, that's very true as well. He pulls off the attacks pretty I mean, well. Hell, I mean, even Masako Nozawa is still screaming... You know, and all the video games and whatnot that yeah. have been coming out lately, so. These, I mean, they keep going <laughs> up until those old ages. So 
So uh, I think that's all we'll say about him for now. We're going to move on. So unfortunately, he passed away in 1995. We had to get a replacement voice for, I believe it was episode 288. Like, oh, 291 was the end of Z. He didn't quite make it. 288, we got a new voice actor, a new Seiyu come in. I was actually spot-checking these last couple episodes. Kami Sanin doesn't really talk. He kind of makes some noises. So he doesn't have to do much. No, he doesn't. Unfortunately, he, you know, kind of stayed, I say unfortunately, kind of infers that I don't like him that much. He stayed as the voice of the character for Dragon Ball GT. So, Julian, the next guy we got here. Hiroshi Masuoka was born in 1936 in the month of August. So some of his other notable voice roles would seem to include um, number 005 from Cyborg 009, and I'm assuming that's the original series. I have to imagine. Um, As well as... What's this oh, uh, Soriike show? Looks like he was uh, Jamboji-san oh, for uh, yes. a lot of stuff. Anpanman is a series about an anthropomorphic superhero role with like Azuki bean paste in it. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so all, all the characters are basically food items. Oh, all right. That's a good so, voice for that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I guess he's um, Grandpa Jam. <laughs> oh, okay, that's what the jam is then. All right. Now, I'm looking down the list. It looks like another case of, you know, kind of one-shot roles. You know, some guy over in this episode. Maybe he's not even named character over in this episode. So it's just like the old guy that comes in. Although it looks like he had a recurring role on uh, Shinchan as a professor somewhere. All right, let's talk about his performance. He took over in DBZ episode 288, as I mentioned, and went through GT. Julian, you were actually looking at the sparking meteor ending credits. His voice yes. is listed there, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, he's been playing through the video games. He seems to be the, you know, official replacement voice for Kame Senin. Julian, why don't you go first with your thoughts on his performance? Well, I- I'd say that his is probably the closest to Kohei Miyauchi's performance. Yeah. I'd say in-, in some ways it doesn't jive with me as well, maybe because I'm used to the older voice. I think his sounds a little bit rougher and he doesn't go back and forth between the two sides of the personality as yeah, well. Yeah, I feel the same way. It actually sounds like a very forced voice to me. Whereas he's old, uh, and I was thinking the same thing. Like He's yeah, he, obviously an old guy, he but... Is. He's only a couple years younger. It feels to me like one of those doing a voice roles rather than you know voicing a character. It seems like he's really forcing that character out of his voice. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, one of the only lines that really sticks out with me is uh, very last episode of Dragon Ball GT is he's watching Goku and Kudadin on um, the island there. They're doing a little spar back and forth. He kind of talks to himself. It just doesn't sound like a natural voice there at all. I don't know how to describe it. No, luckily he wasn't around that much and, you know, he didn't do a whole lot in GT. Basically, he's just doing story moding games and, you know, kind of the Kamehameha stuff in all the games now. Mary, do you have any additional thoughts on him? No, I think uh, you both hit the nail on the head. He's the character now, although, you know, he's not much younger than the original, so maybe we're going to lose the second Kamehsen in, in the relative near future. So we'll close it up with him. We're actually going to go to a third voice. This is strange. So we have the original voice actor, we have the replacement voice actor, but there are actually two more, and both of these did it for a single movie each time, and then we've never heard from them again. Well, at least for this character. The first up is going to be DBZ Movie 
13. Julian, I sent you over a clip of this. This is Masaharu Sato. That is correct. Now, we actually know him as Black, primarily, uh, from the series. So, yes, he is in DBZ Movie 13 as Kami Senin, and he actually did uh, Lakase and Dore and King Vegeta in Movie 8. So he's kind of a recurring side character dude. But he was Kami Senin in Movie 13. What did you think of his performance? If you didn't tell me that this was a different guy, I could swear it's the original. I was actually thinking the same thing. He probably sounds as a natural, just speaking, his... I guess the pitch of his voice sounds closer to the original, although maybe the replacement plays it better? I'm not really sure. Julian, how about you? I mean, my impression is that it sounds a lot more naturalistic. It's, he's doing a character voice, but he's not forcing it either. It seems right. like he's pretty well used to it. <laughs> Yeah, well, we know he's been with Dragon Ball for a while. He's done Dragon Ball characters. So maybe he's just pretty well in place with how to play characters in this show. I don't know. I mean, he's not really there for that much. He kind of does pokey pokey, puffy puffy talk. Puffy puffy, puffu puffu. That's the right phrase. And then, you know, he falls over and that's it. That's all he really does in this movie. No! So I don't know how much else we can talk about him. Any final thoughts on Masaharu Sato as Kamisenin? Good job while you were there, guy. <laughs> exactly. Why yep. do you think he showed up? I mean, we've well, got... Well, if he was doing that many side roles, maybe he, he was, was conveniently there. around. I don't yes. think he did anyone else in Movie 13, but yeah, he was probably just around, hanging, doing Dragon Ball stuff, so... Good for him. Any other thoughts, Julian? That That's pretty much it. I mean, I could kind of see them in the midst of recording for the movie and being like, oh, crap, one of our actors died. Uh, well, <laughs> there's him. So we have one final seiyuu, and this, again, is going to be for a specific movie. And, Julian, why don't you tell us about this person? This, however, was only for the 10th anniversary Dragon Ball movie, The Path to Ultimate Strength, or the, uh, what do they call it in English? The Path to Power? Saikyoe no Michi. English. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I was like, yes, I get to say it. And then I totally didn't listen. Yes, Funimation <laughs> releases Path to Power. Or the Path to... Hold on, let me spin the spinny thing and look at it. It is the, the Path to Power. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, for this one instance, he was voiced by Kinya Aikawa. Yeah, who didn't really seem to do anything ever in voice acting. Looking down the list here, and it's just a couple names. Although, wait, hey, Speed but- Racer TV, Masked Racer. Um, yes. Yeah, that's kind of big. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so maybe oh, he's wait. someone. Is that Masked Racer or Racer X? It Are says, they- uh, no, no, it says Masked Racer slash Kenichi Mufine. Um, Masked Racer, I think, is, is Racer, Racer X, X? Okay, in the okay. Japanese version of Speed Racer. All right, so fine. He's someone. Good for him. That was a long time ago. Uh, Mary, I'm going to turn it over to you then for uh, this character. Just before we started recording, I was playing a couple of scenes from the 10th anniversary movie. Can you remember the last time we watched that movie? I don't even years. think you and I watched no, it together. I don't think so. So it's been I had a, a fan long sub of it. Yeah, I had a fan sub too. It's been a long time, but I don't think I've known it since I've watched the movie. That was so long ago. We're watching these clips. It felt so foreign to me. I like, was like, I don't wow, even know. it's pretty. It was bad. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Julian, how'd you feel about him? Um, you know what he reminded of me of is the current dub voice actor for the role. Yes, it 
reminds me a lot of I the guy's name is Mike McFarland of a younger guy doing the old man voice, even though he is an old man. He's older than the current voice in Japanese. <laughs> I know. So what's going on there? Oh, it's really strange. It sounded like he couldn't keep doing the voice. Like he could only speak in very short sentences. It sounded even more voiced. Voiced. I can't talk. Sounded even more forced of a character voice than you know oh. the actual replacement. Mike, don't feel bad about the local accent coming out. <laughs> what local accent? <laughs> you know, I'm... it's a really feist role. And, I mean, you can't help it. I'm not from this area. <laughs> well, I don't care. I don't have to stand for this. You two, the New York people, this is bullshit. I think you was I'm alluding from Northern to your New York accent. <laughs> well, not accent because you don't really. Have well, that. I don't even have that. No, that would be no. like ka and chowder, like a like a Kennedy accent between Boston and Cape Cod. You know, really, I can only do my natural accent when I'm talking to people from my area. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really come out when I <laughs> when I'm just talking. I just make up accents as I talk. I don't know where I'm from. Let's get back to the voice actor, Julian. Have you have any additional thoughts on him besides the Mike McFarlane comparison? Um, that that pretty much covers it in terms of how I feel about him. I think <laughs> it, everything everything I feel about him kind of goes the same for Mike McFarlane in this role. <laughs> So. I feel the same way, yeah. Why do you think they chose uh, Kinya Aikawa for just the one movie? Maybe their original replacement couldn't make it for this recording. That's true. Maybe he was just unavailable for that recording. Because he was obviously the voice you know the replacement voice but well when was this oh wait no no he the replacement was working in z right yeah so he it's started, not like you know gt was starting and they didn't have a guy yet so. well that's what i'm getting at though kamisanin doesn't really do a whole lot between dbz episode 288 and dragon ball gt episode 64 you know like he kind of shows up and does some mumbling every once in a while but it's not a whole lot going on 10th anniversary movie came out uh march 4th 1996 yeah march 96 gt it was really only just beginning it started february 7th so you know they they chose the guy he wasn't really there doing anything beginning of gt is really just goku pond and trunks out in space so uh, maybe he couldn't make it but you know now we definitely have the quote-unquote official replacement voice he's the one doing all the games he's the one doing all the official stuff i guess you would say so this other guy was kind of just there i'm glad he didn't ever come back to do anything else nothing against racer x but that voice just did not jive with me there you go yeah there you go any other final thoughts from anyone oh you know what what uh apparently there was he was in the series back in 1967 which was a version of journey to the west Ah, look at that connection there. Yes, he was the sand monk. Wait a minute, which guy are you talking about? Which he? Kinya Aikawa. Oh, okay. Well, that gives him a little cred. If you have any thoughts, we'd love to hear what you have to say about them and their interpretations of the characters. Hop over to the forum, we got a thread for every episode. With that done, Mary, we're going to take it over to you and your top five list for the episode. 
Mary, it is time for a top five list. We're going to keep things going strong with you. Well, this was all you. I, I know. It came to me. We were discussing something completely different. I think you were cooking dinner, and I was rambling about something else. And I said, hey, blah, 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 characters. And, oh, hey, that would make a great top five list. So that's what we're going to do. Mary, this will be your top five list of characters without real names. And I guess you would say this is characters without formal, like, a first name, last name kind of thing. Well, now that there are many characters with a full first and last name in the show. Anyway. But at least they have a name, like Tenshin Han or Something Yamcha. Something you can address them with. Yes, yeah. exactly. Some of these are more titles or descriptions. So let's go down the list. Your number five character without a real name. That would be Boss Rabbit. Yes, Julian Tonin Jinka. How would that really come out? He's a rabbit who turns people into carrots. <laughs> I meant, what does it mean? That That is what it means. Oh, He's the rabbit who turns people into carrots. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, all right. I, duh. I didn't even really, like, break out the characters in there and look at them or anything. Oh. Is rabbit. Ninjin is carrots. Right. Kai is transformed. Gotcha. <laughs> so it's not even a, a title. It's It really is the description. It's like, that's what you do, and that's <laughs> your name. <laughs> that's what you do. That is perfect. So that's number five. We'll move on from him. Mary, you're number four character without a real name. And it's a recurring character. It is. Kind of. Yes. Sabertooth Tiger. The Sabertooth Tiger. That is, you know, always getting involved in wacky hijinks with exactly. Gohan. Exactly. <laughs> getting into all sorts of trouble. He, he steals a hat. He wants the Dragon Ball. He's just kind of prancing around. He's a great character. I love him. He is one of my favorite characters in the show. He could have easily been Gohan's pet and given a name. Instead, we got Higher Dragon. Yeah. Which is also kind of like another character without a real name, although I don't really know. Let's move on. Sabertooth Tiger is fantastic. Number three. Number three would be the king of the world. (laughs) Who's a dog. I like him. He's cute and he has glasses. I like how there is a king of the world. And he's just king of the world. Apparently the dragon world is that fantastic that they can deal with just one ruler for the entire thing. We have a lot of mayors with no names too. That's true. Julian, you were mentioning the mayor of Jingle Village is just kind of that. The mayor of Jingle Village. Exactly. Right. So if that was number three, what is your number two? Character that... In all, you know, honesty, should have had a name. Definitely. Instead, she's just Bulma's mom. Bulma no mama. <laughs> she's, yes. you know, of all these characters, maybe with the exception of your number one, she's there constantly. She's always there. She's she's serving drinks. She's hitting on all the men, but she never gets a name. And yet, I think that's part of her charm. And she's just so Bulma's mama. She wouldn't be the same. She wouldn't be. She would be a completely different character with the name. Maybe she could be Garter. Garter. I was, uh, I can't remember if Rachel said this. I think she was looking at one of the books and Toriyama, I guess, made some kind of comment that in hindsight, he would have named her Panty. (laughs) Panty. Yes. No, that goes with the the names. Mm -hmm. All right, Mary, your number one character without a real name. And I think this is a shoo-in. Yes. It's the Tenkaichi Budokai announcer. That's right. That is his name, literally in Japanese. It says, Tenkaichi Budokai announcer. And he's just around so much that, you know, he warrants a name, and he's seen some of these hardcore yes. fights. I mean, we watched him grow up. We saw him grow his mustache yes. and his yes. hair. Yes, got some wrinkles. And... Exactly. He's an old guy. And then a hundred years later, he's apparently got some children that follow in his footsteps. He's, like, all hip and cool, and he's throwing the microphone 
up in the air and he catches it behind his back. And I wonder if he has a name. He's like Tenkaichi Budokai announcer junior to go with Goku junior and Vegeta junior. We know him. He's great. He is great. Mary, fantastic. Those are your top five characters without real names. There is nothing else coming out in December for releases. So with that said, we are going to take it on over to the emails. Mary, you were going to read our first email here. You know, we had an email from him recently, but I really like this question, and it came in, and this is coming to us from Captain Pegbeard. Great name. I like it. Yes. All right, from Captain Pegbeard. Greetings once again, Daisenshui X. I write to you from the past. I'm up to podcast episode 89 now to ask a question concerning the seiyu for Urinai Baba. Towards the end of the Cell Saga, when she shows up with her crystal ball for Chi-Chi, she is not voiced by Junpei Takiguchi. It sounds like Mayumi Tanaka. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But as I was playing Sparking Neo, Uranai Baba sounded like her old self again. Why was the voice changed mid-series only to change back for the video games? Am I completely mistaken? Thanks for all you do and making my work day go by so quickly. Sincerely, Captain Pegbeard. To Pegbeard! <laughs> wow, even his real name is awesome. <laughs> I know. He's an awesome guy. We actually had, and this is strange for a Japanese show like this, we actually had several voice changes over the course of the Dragon Ball series, and Uranai Baba is uh, no exception. My impression is that she started out with a man's voice, <laughs> Junpei Takiguchi. Um, eventually, it switched over to Mayumi Tanaka, who is obviously female. Right. I don't think I've actually heard this iteration of the voice, believe it or not. So, um, I haven't heard Mayumi Tanaka as an old woman before. Well, you I've know what? I've always heard her watching her, her voicing males. I will uh, find a sample from, you know, both versions of the character here, and that we'll hear what they sound like. So here's the man version. And here is the female version. So uh, that's not the only voice change we had in the series. Julian, we also had Chi-Chi. Really? Yes. Yes. Chi-Chi, from the beginning of Dragon Ball up until partway through the Frieza arc, was voiced by Mayumi Sho. Somewhere during the middle of that arc, she starts to be voiced by Naoko Watanabe, who is the voice of Puar. And she remains in this role to this very day in the video games and such. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I sent you over the Sparking Meteor ending, and it was who listed there? Watanabe Naoko. Ah, so. I think I liked the first one better. So I'm looking in um, the Dragon Ball guidebook, Tenkaichi Densets, and it's got uh, interviews with a lot of seiyu in here. And it's an interview with the second voice of Chi-Chi that they list alongside Chi-Chi here. Yes. So it's interesting that she was with the series for a fair amount of time and then seemed to go separate ways. And I'm not really sure why that is. No, I think we might have even been asked this in the past, and we never came to any sort of agreement or conclusion or any idea whatsoever why they might have changed that character's voice over the course of the series. I wow. mean, I can't believe I, I never even realized that. I feel like not a true fan, you know. <laughs> you actually can notice it. So again, I'll play. Uh, I'll play both adult versions because that's the easiest. You to know, compare. now that I think about it, maybe I do like the second one more because I picture her being more angry, like in the early cell stuff, like really screaming at Gohan for like finally becoming a delinquent. And well, stuff. let's compare them. I'll compare the two adult chichis. So the first one here, this will be Mayumi Sho. And here's the second one, Naoko Watanabe. So, yeah, it, it strikes me that, I don't know, 
maybe I'm wrong about this, but she seems to have a lot of activity in the 80s and early 90s. And then maybe I'm off about this, but it seems like at least for a little bit, she kind of um, has a bit of a gap. And maybe, maybe she took a break. Maybe she had a baby. I don't really know. I don't know about this person that much. But she's done more recent stuff. Yeah, exactly. Came back. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, I hope that answers your question, Captain Pegbeard. Let's take it on over to the next question. Julian, why don't you read what we got here from Ian? All right. So Ian writes, Hello, Mike and Mary and Julian. Or should I say Julian and Mike and Mary? So I was wondering, what do you guys do for a living? I ask this because I'm always interested to hear what anime fans who are my age end up doing with their life past college. I understand if you think this is too personal a question, but since I hear you guys talk about work all the time on the podcast, I figure it's not too bad. For the record, I am a software engineer fancy term for a programmer. So, now you know what I do, it shouldn't be too bad to tell us what you do. Also for reference, I came to your panel at Otakon this year and stuck around afterwards to shake your hand. So maybe I'm not too much of a stranger. I was the big guy for whom you called up Julian so I could tell him about all how awesome Oendon is and thank him for recommending it. Oh, that guy. (laughs) So in closing, the podcast is awesome. It is the highlight of my Monday morning commute. Despite what others may say, I think you guys are funny. Keep up the big... er (laughs) (laughs) Keep up the die work. (laughs) Keep up the good work. Ian, Sabine Davis on the forums. P.S. More Andrew Deluxe. He's great. Eh, Fuck Deluxe. We don't need him. Actually, he's going to be here tomorrow because it was his birthday <laughs> this week. But he's not going to be on the show. Um, Julian, you go first. What do you do for a living? Yes. Uh, well, currently, um, I should mention that I graduated from college this past spring, which I think I mentioned in the podcast as well. Right. And right now I'm living in Japan and working as an ALT, or an assistant language teacher, at two elementary schools and a middle school in Osaka Prefecture. It's um, an interesting line of work. You basically design activities and things to keep the students occupied for the sake of the teachers and try and incorporate some actual speaking of English. However, in practice, this works with varying results. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's... It can be fun despite some frustration. I'm enjoying it. And it's really giving me an opportunity to lose, not to lose my Japanese, to use my Japanese. (laughs) um, I think you're going to lose your English there. In and out of the class. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And hopefully, um, I mean, I'm not sure at this point how long I'm going to be here. Probably one or two years at the most. And then coming back to do grad school. So that's my plans for right now anyway. So it's not a long-term thing. I, I, I guess you couldn't call it a moratorium since I am gainfully employed. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you're actually but, doing something. You're not just kind of chilling, doing nothing. You get a yeah, plan. But it's not a, it's not a career either. It's right. it's something in between. All right, fantastic. That's Julian. Uh, I guess we'll go to Mary. Mary, what do you do for a living? I recently, and by recently I mean almost three months ago, I started a new job at a nonprofit organization where my title is e-communications editor, and that may or may not end up changing in the near future because um, as it turns out, everyone in the department their titles don't necessarily correspond to what they actually do. Um, The department I work for itself kind of deals with... I am the sex coordinator. (laughs) (laughs) And by that, I mean I fix televisions. (laughs) Mike, where did that come from? I don't know. Please continue. 
Um, pretty much the department I work in deals with any internal and external communications, uh, be it with the media or within the organization itself. I personally deal with any and all internet-related communications. So I'm in charge of the website. Um, once my training is completed in January, I'll be in charge of the intranet. And I'm also in charge of a special website that's dedicated to training materials for teachers. So right, um, once I'm all finished, I'll be overseeing three websites. Um, right now, I'm just kind of overseeing two. And, and the internet. And the internet. Do you work on t- intra-webs? Yes, I do. Uh, so nice. I'm currently working on a redesign for our website because it's really cruddy. But uh, I also do other stuff like just daily, day-to-day maintenance of websites and other stuff. It's really fun. It's exactly what I want to be doing right now, which is just not necessarily any back-end stuff because I'm not a programmer or a hardcore coder or anything. I, like I believe you mean software engineer. Software engineer. I like the front-end stuff and dealing with requests from people across the country to make uh, updates to all of our various sites because we are a national organization and I'm based in the headquarters. Nice. And um, prior to that, I've done other web-related work, but in my last job, it was more of a marketing kind of gig with a little bit of web stuff, you know, sprinkled in there. That's me in a nutshell. I hope I can keep doing web-related stuff or more in the future, I'd actually really like to get more into other multimedia stuff, publications and print design. I don't know. We'll see what kind of opportunities present themselves in my current job. My turn? Yeah, yeah, you go. All right. I work as an analyst for a local bank. I help run the internet banking department, which means uh, I actually run the website and I run the front end of the internet banking application. Our jobs sound very similar right now. Except they're really not. And actually, what I'm doing right now is I'm going through a process of uh, an acquiring bank and the acquirer bank, <laughs> helping them convert systems over and the accounts and all that sort of stuff. And that I don't really deal with customers back in the, you know back office doing. I'm an analyst. I do some analyzing and stuff, and I convert and I coordinate and I deal with the marketing. I deal with the legal, deal with all that stuff. So I'm doing that. I don't see myself being there much longer. I'm looking at a career transition in the relative near future, which is rather exciting. So I am happy for that. Coming soon, so I I guess more details as that transpires. Won't be in the next, you know, two weeks or anything, because we got Christmas and the New Year's and all that coming up. So I guess that is what we all do for a living. Yes, you too can be a fully grown-up individual and have a life and a job and still like a dragon Ball. Fancy that. So it's a good life. We have one last email here, and this comes to us from someone named Jeff. Let us read the email here. Damn you and your excellent topics that I am not there to participate on. We, you know, we get a lot of emails from people who are like, I want to come down and do the show with you because I have all these great ideas and blah, blah, blah. It would be awesome if we could have like 25 people here every week. Be like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? But we can't do that. It's impossible. Anyways, I was totally going to write a long essay on what it would take to make a great DB movie. It was actually about two paragraphs in when I decided it takes too much effort for me to write such a thing and you live four goddamn doors away from me! Oh, it's that, Jeff! (laughs) 
I would love to give you my input on this topic. However, when you feel it is necessary. So I just wanted to pass this note along to say, well, I love your topics. I love your opinions. And I can't wait to listen to the next episode. Listen to this ass kisser here. I like it. I want my ass kissed all the time. Jeff, P.S. Please tell me you purchased the punk pack for rock band. I can't, can't, can't wait to play the buzzcocks. I just want to hear you say buzzcocks again. <laughs> ah, so yes. <laughs> you can play it tomorrow, Jeff. And Jeff by tomorrow, wrote us an email. it'll be the past because <laughs> this comes out on Sunday. So you know what, Jeff, next time you're over here and you're doing an episode with the manga review of awesomeness, you let us know what you think it'll take to make a watchable live action movie. I love that Jeff sent us an email. <laughs> that was a surprise. It was. No, I loaded up the email. I'm like, oh, da, 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 da. oh episode 103. Wait a minute. I know that name. <laughs> uh, fantastic. If you would like to send emails to us and you don't live four doors away, Mary, where would you send them? You can send your emails to P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D. D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. That is indeed correct. That's going to wrap up the episode. This is 107. We're going to hit you back next week with 108. We're going to have to record an early episode because we'll be, uh, you know, traveling down for the holidays. I'll uh, at least try to put it up remotely so it'll still be up on time. So, Julian, we will arrange something offline for us to record. Be a short, fun episode. So that'll be okay. 108. 109 is going to be our year-end review. We will go through all of the news from two. 2000, what year is it now? Seven. Is it 2007? I'm already thinking it's 2008. We'll talk about all the news from January to December 2007, and we will check in on our predictions once more, see what came true, and we will make our predictions for 2008. And then we are onwards into 2008 with a manga review of awesomeness, so we're back to planned for the next several weeks. I'm excited about that. So that's the end of the episode. Let's say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye to Mary. Bye. Temple O'Trunks. Oh, spell yeah. T E M P L E O T R U N K S dot com. That's where you can find Temple O'Trunks. And you know what? I actually have a winter break from my job, anything? like a full blown winter break. So I will try and update because I am like videos and videos and videos behind in posting my AMVs. And I got the rest of the 2007 Trunks calendar to scan and throw up there too. So before <laughs> it becomes 2008, let's see if I can actually make a project for myself. Well, that'll be good because then the, that calendar is irrelevant. So it's not like you're hurting any sales with pictures or no, anything. No, not so. at all. I'm not yeah. a bootlegger. You can justify anything. Yes, I can. <laughs> uh, all right, that's Mary. Julie, you and myself can be found at Dies and Chewy X. That's a Dragon Ball website. Yes, that's correct. Oh, you want me to give the address, too? Yeah, that would be really helpful. Okay, we can be found at www.dazex.com. That's dazex.com. Fantastic. So that's it. We'll see you next week. For Mary over there and for Julian over here. Yes, I said it that way. I am Mike Vegito EX, and I got a lot of editing work ahead of me. Listen to this ass kicker. Ass kicker. <laughs> Where are we sitting? Please send all your emails to podcast at dizex.com. That's D-A-I. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're going to think about it. 